0: is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, Pastor Matt Grimm breaks down three verses of Colossians that demonstrate the Christian's previous fallen state and where we now stand as reconciled to God. Hey again, everybody. This is Pastor Matt Grimm. I'm here with Thad Keenel. Hey, good afternoon, Matt. How are you doing today? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I'm ready for spring, though.
1: Yeah, well, I know. I, I know. I uh, uh, Yesterday... I woke up and there was a little snow on the ground. Again, walked outside and it was like, oh, no, no, not more of this. Michigan, <laughs> Michigan is
0: always such a tease because yeah, sometime in March, it's going to give you a 50 or 60 degree, right. 60 degree day. Yep. And you're just going to think, this yeah. is it forever. Yeah. And it's not it. You get another snowstorm. That's
1: right. Yep. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that too. I, it, you know, it's one of those things you wish you could just will it into existence. But we can't, can we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But we're glad to have you uh, back here too on on the and podcast as we continue to work through the book of Colossians. And uh, again, well, we're 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 walking through this, you know, little sections at a time. Sometimes we take more verses, sometimes less. But as we do, we're also encourage you to consider your own Bible reading, your own study. Uh, Last week, we also brought up the idea: it's good to have a study partner. Uh, You know, good to have a a, a small group, an accountability person, someone you can discuss things with because the, the, the word of God is rich and full. In fact, right before we got on, got on recording here, Thad and I were just talking about how the more we're in the word, the more, the more we just believe it and trust it, and, and it's just got so much richness as we, as we look into it. And so I encourage you that you do that, that you test everything we say. Go back in the scriptures, look at it, and, and also talk about it with others. And so with that— if you haven't done this and you're enjoying the podcast, share it with somebody else. Let other people know about it, you know. Uh, give give us some likes. Give us some shares. And uh, and if, if, you're, if it's worthwhile to you, hopefully it will be worthwhile to others.
0: Yeah, I know we have some people listening down in southern Ohio. So All right. that's good. We've yeah. we're, we're gone national.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: good. <laughs> good. Yeah, I know we have some people in southern Indiana listening, too. Some oh, there other. we so go, we got
1: yeah. some, I got some family down there who's given it a try. So, yeah. So, well... We are uh, still in Colossians chapter 1, and we just finished up through verse 20 last time. And that verse ends with this idea of making peace with blood through his cross. So we have in there this little, some might call it a hymn or a, a poetic type of structure where we see Jesus as preeminent over creation and over redemption. He's before all things and in all things. But as as, as he's talking about the fullness of this redemption and everything that's under him in redemption, he, he closes by saying and reminding us that we're reconciled to himself all things, whether heaven or earth, that all this had to happen through the blood of the cross. And, and so it's without Jesus' sacrifice um, that you know none of this would be possible. And so this reconciliation that we're going to look at today because we get this word reconcile. We move um, from this term uh, that is going to talk about this relational making things right again with God. That that peace had to be done through, is achieved through his blood. And so now, and and I'm going to read verses 21 to 23 in the ESV. He says, and you, uh, now he's talking to to the church. He's talking to Ephesians. He's talking to believers here. And we're going to see how... We're kind of getting a wrap up of this section of twenty one to twenty three. In some senses, is wrapping up everything from starting in verse three, where they might call an inclusio that, that that all this. If you were to just like take these verses and study them all together, you'll, you'd be able to draw lines and connections and see this is this is all you know right, making okay. sense. Yep. And he's bringing some complete thoughts back together again. So, so in you, these same people that he's prayed for, <laughs> right earlier in chapter one, you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel which you, that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Mm. So there's uh, again there's a lot here um, in just these in these three verses, and, and there's a lot. I think we'll be able to refer back up to some of the other ports in the uh, in the beginning that we see that he's he's wrapping up some of these ideas, bringing them back together um, here. So, but but first, I, I do want to just. Start with this whole idea of um, alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. That think to talk about what we're being reconciled to, we have to again look at what we're reconciled from. What is it we're being brought out of? Um, it is, you know, the uh, we'll see some. There's a really a lot of parallels in his letter to Ephesians that do this, mm-hmm. and then you can think about the beginning of Romans where he lays out, um, you know, all the 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 hostile in nature to god and the enemies in our minds and all those things that are there in those we see really in just a very compact version of that here uh so so let's just talk about we can talk about some of the terms here but also we can just look at at the overall concept is when when we when humans think of themselves do they naturally think oh yeah I'm an enemy of god I'm hostile to him i'm uh, it, it's not necessarily the way most people would think.
0: Not at all, and I think most of that is because of the way psychology presents it today. Is that people are generally good. Yeah. Right. Right, and that's not at all what we've yeah. read in the scriptures. It tells us that uh, that we actually are enemies with God that mm-hmm. we spoke of earlier, um, which means that we were we hated God right. in our spirit. We don't feel like we hate God, but but we we are for enemies, mm-hmm. right? and that all of our thoughts are evil continuously. That's how it describes it in Genesis chapter 6, even in the, yeah. in the beginning. So uh, our fallen state, besides being dead spiritually, also presents us as, as enemies. Yeah, right? so
1: there's an opposition there. And I think even you go back to Genesis 6, let's go back to Genesis 3, uh, when, when this all happened, right? Um, we were humanity— um, and Adam and Eve as our representatives, uh, were deceived, right? Who were they deceived by?
0: Yeah, they were deceived by the serpent in the garden.
1: Yeah, who was himself the enemy? You know, he, who was the first enemy of God, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Well, he was in his rebellion, and that could be a whole other podcast series sure to talk is. about his. when did that happen, how did that happen. But the reality is, is that... Um, he decided he made a choice to rebel against against God, and I think you know a lot of scholars would say he was he was in as an angel uh, or we we would call it an angel but, but probably another way just let's say he was a supernatural being you know a divine being of some kind that had some responsibility to the throne of god right he whether he was a guard or a, 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 almost like a cherubim of some kind yeah, right sure that that in that so he in that he chose to rebel against that, to, to want to, in essence, dethrone the one who sits on the throne in which he was responsible
0: to for, to, to be before, right? Sure, yeah, it speaks of that in Isaiah, right, yeah. where he says that he he wanted to be like the Most High and, and yeah. ascend into the, the Mount of the Lord right. and take over that position, right. you know?
1: Yeah, and so that in itself is, is a rebel. It's, he's an enemy. He decided to oppose that. And in that opposition, become an enemy. And in doing so, one of the first things he did is say, I'm going to go after these human representatives, right? I'm going to try to deceive them and get them to, to become enemies. And so our, uh, we got to that state through following, right? Adam and Eve, they just were deceived and in, in, in by that deception followed the opposer. Sure. I mean, misery
0: loves company, right? And so he sees, um, I'm speaking of the fallen one here, the serpent, uh, that he's broken fellowship with his creator. Yeah. Right. And he sees Adam and Eve as those who are in perfect Mm -hmm. fellowship with the creator. And that, that kind of goes back to what I was speaking of last week when I said the word reconciliation, um, infers something of a relationship that was had before. We have to go all the way back to before the fall in the garden with Adam and Eve, and that was the fellowship that was in in perfect union with with God at that time. Exactly. And so when we say that we were once alienated, it's by that sin, Mm -hmm. and the reconciliation, we're saying, puts us back in that relationship with God then? Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's where we're going here. When he reconciles us, he brings us back into that um, relationship that we can... Once again, have that fellowship with him. Uh, so, so before we get to verse twenty-two, let's keep going with alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. That it, I bring up, you know, the the opposer who comes. In, that we see that that would be a great way to describe him, right? Hostile to God, mm-hmm. alienated, doing evil deeds. But we're not talking about him there. We're talking we're talking about us. No, yeah, and right?
0: yeah, and you speaking to the church here, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We and, and so
1: um, that's the way. But but it's great. To say that this is he's saying that that's the way you were, right? So so we get the, we we don't have a butt here, but one of the I say the, one of the best words in the Bible is but, right? in uh, <laughs> yes. Ephesians, says, when it talks about this, is but you were that way, but now you're this way, right? And, and that's it's that same tone of what what he's going here, but. Um, but I, before, again, before we get there, I want to dwell a little bit more. We can all, I can say, you know, I know I've done evil deeds. I, I can look at things, you know, I I can know I've done bad things. I don't know if sometimes if I would just, if I would, used to want to call them evil. You know, I've told a lie. I, I may have, you know, borrowed, taken something that wasn't mine from you know, from somebody. I may have done these things. I may have thought some bad things, but is it really evil? Yeah. I mean you know evil sounds really i mean that's you know hitler stuff that's mouth say tongue you know that's yeah. that stuff i mean why would god call me evil
0: yeah well and perhaps just going back to the word um alienated mm-hmm. uh to me when i think of alienated i think of my wife who's a canadian citizen oh, yeah. but she's a resident alien here in this country right mm-hmm. um but to be alienated needs to be outside of your proper residence yeah you know and so as we have given up our grateful um mm-hmm. place through our sin to be right. you know in fellowship with god um we've been exiled yeah. Spiritually, right? right? And so that's what it means that we're we're aliens of God, yeah. you know, aliens of his residency, of his presence through right. all of these things. And it's interesting that we were talking about Satan earlier because a lot of this has uh, a lot to do with the spiritual realm yes. as well, right? right. So um, when I was looking up some of the, the words that were used uh, in the Old Testament in regard to alienated, it mentioned, of course, being a stranger, but it also mentioned belonging to another, Yes. So where Adam and Eve at first belonged to God, when they were exiled spiritually, they now belong right. to Satan, right? right? And that's what it says about us and our sin. You you are of the devil, right? You know, in your fallen state. Yeah. And so that's that's what it means to be an alien. It, yeah. It's exile from the presence of God. If you will.
1: That's great. That's a great way to talk about this because. It, going back even like to genesis the garden was a place where god dwelt the you know the eden on the mountain there god dwelt the, the we dwelt with him other spiritual beings you know we were all there in harmony living together fine and that was that space that god created the call was for us to take it to the rest of the earth mm-hmm. right? right and so what he but when, but sin he decided to move, remove his presence that we couldn't that that couldn't be there right so it, so it is a spiritual reality but it is also it also became a geographical reality
0: <laughs> it sure did right
1: <laughs> right that, that was supposed to be different but it wasn't so in that sense you know, that you know that your description of a of resident the alien you know it makes it makes sense in both senses.
0: <laughs> right? It does, it, it, and of course, um, we you talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. and I love the concept of it. But the Garden of Eden in the mm-hmm. beginning was the tabernacle, yeah, because right? God right. dwelled with His creation there, yes. and they are where now outside of that tabernacle, right? right? right. And. And then we talked about it last week with, or a couple mm-hmm. um, episodes ago, with God wanting to dwell with his people in the tabernacle in the desert, right? right? But still, they're not allowed to go in. They just can't go into the presence right, of God, yeah. right? We talked about that high priest. And so um, it's interesting. I just wanted to pull um, this one verse from Hosea. Uh, mm-hmm. to you. It says... Um, in regard to being alienated, um, it also has to do here, the, the the Greek word that's used to represent that Hebrew um, talks about being separated. Yes. And so you'll see yes. that in this verse here. But uh, it says that, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first fruits on the fig tree in its first season, but they went to Baal Peor and separated themselves to that shame. They became an abomination like the thing that they loved. Mm-hmm. So what happened? They went to a false god, and they therefore separated themselves to that shame. And then the abomination, of course, is when we, um, we attach ourselves to something that's not of God. Right. So they were separated. And it says the same type of thing, again, in Ezekiel about the strangers uh, outside of Israel who dwell right. in the house of Israel, right? And, and yeah. you, you, if you set up an idol... Remember we talked about this just a time or so ago yeah. in regard to the image of God, Right? you know, who, who Christ was the yes. the full image of God and the imagery. Uh, if, if you're looking at something that's made or an idol, that's in another image, that's a false God. Right. Right. And it, it comes right back to it here again. Here we are. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it, it just, is. it just, it just keeps right. coming up and up again. When you set up an idol in your heart, you've basically given up the one true God.
1: That's right. and, and that's where I think that's the thing that I don't think sometimes that the, the actual, the evil one is trying to keep people blind to, is that when we, when that separation happened and we we come under, in this essence, the lordship of the evil one, right? It, we're now in his realm that he was cast down to, right? The realm of the dead, the realm the, apart from where we have access to the tree of life mm-hmm. all the time, right? right? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we're now in the temporary, we're living in the world of, of, a, of temporary life, that we will one day die, right? Where before we had access to the Lord of life at all time. And, we, we, and thankfully, with Christ in the reconciliation, we have access again, right? But, there, but the point is, is in this realm, um, apart from faith in Christ, apart from that regeneration, most people don't understand who they're identified with, who their Lord is, and that Lord is evil, Right, yeah, and and so therefore we are evil, right? right? Um, uh, because we're against or opposed to God, right? Uh,
0: uh, uh, and and so and again, uh, when you're saying that, um, uh, just to reiterate this is in our in our fallen state. In the fallen state, right. we're talking about this is yeah. We're talking about the once right. we
1: as as believers we were once that way,
0: right? Because when without you... getting the cart ahead of the horse here, right. now the scriptures call us aliens in this world yeah. as ambassadors of God. <laughs> right. So, so that's we so belong, cool. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that's the thing that because we're aliens now in this world because we belong to the heavenly realm. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's where our Lord is. Uh, so, so yeah, so all that alienation language, you know, talking about being shut out from fellowship with God, shut out from that intimacy with him and with that. And when you're away from that, when, when you don't have that, you're not being we weren't we're no longer being discipled in the garden of what true life is, mm. of what of what flourishing is, and, and we start to worship and desire the things that are temporary, that are evil, that do cause chaos, and with that our minds become hostile to these things and doing evil. And that's this that's one of the things that was makes me think about that if I think about people who are opposed to the truth uh, of God and, and his ways. The hostility that can come out, right? The hostility that comes out the people who are so concerned about fighting for for their rights to get what they need and what they desire. Mm-hmm. And and um, when you start bringing up the scriptures or bringing up God's way of life, there's a lot of hostility right. comes out. And, and we see that in the world, right? And, and Jesus said to be prepared for it. We will have this kind of tribulation. We'll have this kind of persecution because their mind can't think any other way.
0: Exactly right and, and it presents itself so ironically to me in the persecuted church because uh, so many that persecute the church or burn Bibles mm-hmm. or they're hostile towards uh, believers right. is because in their opinion the Christians are believing in a fictional book mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. If it's fictional, what do you even care? If they're just reading fiction. <laughs> right. But where the hostility comes out, it's the right the if persecution it, it, happens yeah. to. Would
1: people be hostile to us if we were just like, you know, being? Yeah, Moby Dick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right, on. or yeah, or or you know, Aesop's Fables, and you know, turn to religion. You know, it's like yeah, there's something more visceral and deeper, you know, to this than just like right. are people that that hostile to someone who's, you know. In some kind of pagan tribal religion? Well, no, they're not right. because because you're actually in alignment. They're all in a, all those false religions and false ideologies are actually all in alignment together. Right, right. So they want to all get along and they want to try to find a way to agree, you know, because they're not against the living God. Yeah, are but, they because they are against the living God. You know. Yeah, um, but
0: again, we're not talking about you know other people now. We're talking about us, us, us yes, in our previous state.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's why I was just getting ready to go there too. That that. So important about this verse is that as we reflect on it, that you, we can see that opposition in the world. But we have to remember that's where we were, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so we in in humility and repentance, we have to be able to say that's the way I once was. And and we also have to recognize and and do some self reflection and say, and how do I sometimes still fall into that? Where. It, where do my mind still need to be transformed and redeemed? Where do my do I look at my deeds and say, "Oh, actually, I'm relinquishing, you know, my allegiance back to those old gods, right? <laughs> those old idols." Yeah, that's
0: why it says, um, "Don't focus on the things of this world, the flus, the uh, yeah. the, the lust of the flesh, right. the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life," yeah. which we're still. Victims of because we haven't put off our flesh yet, yeah, and so the spirits part's been reconciled, and that's why Paul says we're continually at this battle, right? Yeah, and yeah. so
1: so when we when we do recognize when we, as we preach the gospel to ourselves as as we talk about this the good news of this reconciliation which we're transitioning to, it's always important to do some self reflection, and that's why we do that. Um, in church, we'll often in a pastoral prayer have a time of confession. Or recently, here at our church at Cornerstone, during the season of Lent, we've actually added in a specific time again of confession and reflection, and and um, and then uh, a, a speaking the words of God of pardon of mm. that, right? Yeah. To remind us of that, and it's a good practice for all of us to have um, uh, every day, you know, to be doing that. Sure, um, uh, and so. But, but then let's get to the good news here. Verse 22 says, he's now reconciled us in his body of flesh by his death in order to present us holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So um, he has now reconciled us, but he, he says it's by the body of flesh, in his body of flesh. Why, why would Paul, you think, need to say it? This, why would he say it this way?
0: Well, sure. I, I mean, I think I know where you're going okay. with this, but the first part of it is that God required that the substitute be man, mm-hmm. right? right? But there are, what we're dealing with here are those Gnostics that had issue with God being both of the flesh and of the Spirit.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, and so the um, the realization, even reflecting back on the the. The, uh, his preeminence and the ruler over all things. Well, how could how could someone like that take on flesh? You know, can he really be the firstborn of all creation? All those kind of things. Can he can he become incarnate? Well, yes. Um, he needed to. He needed to be fully God, fully man, in order to to be this sacrifice right. sure. for us. Yep. Uh And, and so uh, that's important. And, and, and we've talked about this some in a Wednesday night class we've been doing as well, but. There's just, it's important in the, it's been one of these, it was a common refrain among the apostles and among the early church to talk about coming in the body. So, and even talking about being buried, you know, that he was actually buried, those kind of things that to just highlight that, uh, the importance of that for us to see his, um, yes, the incarnation, but also as we think about our own physical body, when we talk about the flesh and we're still here it's not just it's not our bodies it's by itself it, it's it's the sin it's the domain and dominion of sin and the nature that comes with that that be, that was mm. resident in this and so so it, it, there isn't this you know distinction between the spiritual and the physical one's good and one's bad you know kind of thing it's not that way it's it's who whose dominion are you under Correct. right right yep, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah and so um then, what does his so the, just the death part of that The the why? What is the significance of death in the Bible? Um,
0: wow, that's a big topic, and I'm <laughs> you're setting me up because I never know where you're going sometimes, but uh, um, I was going to go uh, all the way back to where we see in the Exodus. The um, in the last plague, the death of the firstborn mm-hmm. for those that didn't have the sacrifice of right. the lamb.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So we see that there. You know, we see it as as part of God's judgment on Pharaoh and in the Egyptians for not um, hearing and obeying you know God's word and letting His people go. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So yeah. And I think God, God is right to do that because, again, there's this, the whole idea of this penalty of rebellion, right? It it it's a penalty, it's a judgment, but it's also the reality of what: if you want to have life apart from God, you can have it, and and the result of that is death, <laughs> because because who's the source of life? God is, right? Right. And so, um, so. The, so why? Okay,
0: did... so I'm going to jump in. Okay. Okay, because I didn't go back far enough there. Right. Because I, <laughs> yeah. I got to go all the way back to the garden now. Yeah. That when Adam and Eve right. first sinned, what did they do? Well, they tried to cover themselves up. They recognized that they were naked, right? Yeah. And sinful. So what do they do? They covered themselves right. up. They made for themselves clothes with fig leaves, it says. Right. God had none of that. And what does it say happened next? it says that God clothed them with the skins of an animal. Yeah, right. It says that God was the one that did it. What yeah. did it require to actually cover them? Yeah. The sacrificial blood of an animal, yeah. right? right? And uh and that's what it goes on to say throughout the New Testament specifically in Hebrews yeah. that without the shedding of blood or innocent blood, there is no remission of sins. Right.
1: Because the penalty is death. Right? right. And it's the and then that penalty is a <laughs> Um it's a judgment, but it's also just it's it's helping us see what the real consequence is of life apart from god mm. right right and, and so it's it's dual in that sense and so so we see throughout scripture that that this shows itself over and over again and, and, and you know the exodus is a great example of that and God providing provision again with the passover lamb right to um sure for that mm. um, yeah. and, and and other places but the the reality is, is that when we think about him coming in the flesh, that one of the things he's doing is he's identifying with our vulnerability, our frailty. He's he identifies in his in his incarnation with all of that, to the point of even going to death to pay the penalty. Mm, right. You know. So yeah, and actually, um, you
0: brought up something last time uh, that what did what did. Jesus give up when he stepped out of eternity to become man. Right. And I mentioned that it was his glory and you said yeah he, he veiled it inside yeah. the flesh, right? But what he did not give up is his holiness. Yeah. You know, and that's what it says here in this verse right. as as you're just getting ready to read, I believe.
1: Yeah, because he, he presents us holy and blameless. Right? And so when so so it, that death enabled that substitution for us enables us to participate in his resurrection. It's like he doesn't talk about the resurrection here, um, right here. But the point is, is that when he comes back to life and we are able to be united with him in, in, in that, that we can be holy and blameless. He was blameless. We get, we get that. We can be above reproach, all those things. But what is it? What does holiness signify? Holiness, you know, when we think about holy, we can often think about moral purity. We might think about, um, you know, awesomeness. You know, sometimes we'll get. I'll, I'll start thinking about glory type things too. But right. But you know, but at its root, it just means different from set apart, other. Right. 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 And th- that that God is other. Why is God holy? Is it because there is no other? There is no other spiritual beings. No. Right. He is, he's different from all the other ones. He's different from everything. He's other than. He is the one above all things, just like Jesus here is is above all, you know, uh as well that holy in, is is to be set apart and different from
0: um which is great because when you're you're speaking of that, we we talked about the word um, holy um, previously uh, mm-hmm. for, for saints. It was hagios or something yeah, like that, yeah, right? yeah. and it's like man, I don't feel like a saint. You know, I would yeah. never call myself a saint, <laughs> but we are by title. I mean, we are, we're given um, separated. You know from the God's that, declaration, by de- God's declaration, and yep. that's exactly what it says here when it says to present us
1: exactly it, right. And yes. when, we're,
0: when we're presented, um, it's not like to say, Hey, here's that, he is uh, covered by my blood, it's actually to set in a position of, Yes, here. So it's 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 right, it's one step above just saying, Hey,
1: right, you know,
0: I, I present to you somebody right. that I, I've covered right. by my death. It's like, No, here you are. You are now set in this position of yeah, holiness. Yeah, and so we're
1: it's it's a designation, right? Of different, just like God is designated as He's the Holy God. Now we're a Holy People, um, and so it, it it's something that you know now we are to reflect that in our character. We are to grow in that sanctification. We are we are we are to become more and more holy in how we live in, in a set apart life that is different from the world that is no longer hostile, that is no longer an enemy, that's no longer doing evil deeds, right? those things are to be a reflection of the status that we already have in Christ. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, right. I, so I'm not achieving that status in, in my sanctification. I'm, I'm growing in the, the, the fullness of that status right. that I already have.
0: Right. And it's manifold. The answer is mm-hmm. manifold because the holiness, yeah, yes, it means for our salvation and praise God for that and eternity with him. But here we're set apart for a purpose, which yeah. is exactly the same purpose that Israel was set apart for to yeah. be the light unto the nations, right? Which we're going to get into,
1: yeah. So, so again, and therefore, we say, Well, I'm not above reproach, well, I am if I'm in Christ, right? And, and all these things are in contrast to verse 21, right? Uh, and so, so I was once alienated, well, now I'm reconciled, mm. I was once hostile in mind, but now I'm holy and blameless. Once I was doing evil deeds, but now I'm above reproach. You know, we, we see that these there's that there's a great reversal of, of all those things, not because of anything I do, but because of, of being in Christ. But in Christ, then what am I to do? If I'm declared these things, what does He say? He says, "If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel you heard." Now there you go. So th- this I'm starting to think back to again. This prayer that he said about the Colossians, right, that he says because of the hope laid up for them in heaven, right, that we, okay, now we know that we've been united, brought back, um, that they heard the word of truth. Well, now he's saying you continue instead, steadfast not shift from the hope in which you've heard, the gospel that you heard, all these things. It's, and he said he, he was thankful that they were bearing fruit and increasing, Right. Also, back up in verse six. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, how they're bearing? Well, why are they bearing fruit and increase? Well, it's because they're continuing in the faith, stable and steadfast. Uh, So that this reveals itself, this new status, this new position, this reconciliation. How do I know I'm one reconciled? Well, it starts to reveal itself in the way we live. Again, the grounds of our salvation are Jesus and His work. Right. The fruits of it starts to show in our in what we do, yeah. right? So Now so, listen,
0: you made me a little bit nervous, though, okay. because beginning of verse 23 is saying that if indeed you continue in the faith, yeah. Um, so you're saying that I might not continue in the faith.
1: As far as I'm concerned, how do I know?
0: How do I know? Yeah. That's what I want to know.
1: Well, how do you know? Yeah, I don't know, how, how do you know?
0: I mean, it sounds questionable, I mean, right. it, I mean, how do you know if you're in the true faith and how do you know if you're going to be able to continue? Right. It's, it's got to be up to me, it's works-based. No, no,
1: it's not works based, but it but it is evidence based. Okay. Um, so it's not about you doing religious works, right? That is earning that you've already got. The thing is, you've already got the status. How are you confident in that status? Well, do you conf- do you confess the same Lord Jesus that you confessed ten years ago, or whenever you came to Him? So yeah, that's the yeah. thing. So from a human standpoint, from a you know from. A, from even on my on my own, me looking at myself or me looking at another believer, the question is, do you still believe today?
0: Right. And to understand where that faith comes from to begin with. Yeah. Right. So the the proof and the evidence is of of, of true faith is uh what we call perseverance. First of yeah. all, the perseverance of faith. Right. But that faith is not Generated from within ourselves. No, who's the to begin object with? of your faith? Yeah, the faith is in the one that that came to save us, right?
1: Exactly. So that's that's. So if you so if you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. Mm. That's the hope. It's the gospel that you heard. It's this proclamation of what Jesus is King. Who's who's who's? Do I believe that He's before all things and in all things and He's preeminent over creation and redemption? If I believe that right now, that which I heard. You know, I've, I've heard it. I grew up with it. I heard it ever since I was little, right? And do you, are you steadfast in that? And that, that's just, ask the question. Do you believe the same gospel that when the first time you heard it and believed? Are you still believing it? Right. That, that's the good th- question. And if I don't believe it anymore, right? If I don't believe it anymore, then why not? What's the issue? Did I ever really believe it in the first it's place? It's the
0: condition of the heart.
1: It is right, and
0: so we yeah. go. We can look at Jesus' parable of the soils there, right? You know, and some people receive it, yeah. you know, and and they it looks like they receive it with joy, and we and we can see that within the congregation sometimes where where people come and they experience yeah. it, and it looks like they're um, uh, going through the motions already of, of belief, and they're actually part of the visible church at that time, right. right? But they go back to the things of this world, right? Right, and so it just shows that that faith. Um, was a temporary, non-saving faith.
1: Right, because because their security, w- was their security ever really in their allegiance ever really in Jesus? Right. Right, That that's because, and even like for now, do I, is my security in me or is it in Jesus? Is my hope, is my assurance, all those things. Right now, if it's in Jesus, then I'm staying steadfast and firm. And if it is in Jesus, then when when it comes to the rubber hitting the road, am I gonna... You know am I going to follow the way of the world and, and give in to these other temptations and these other things and and start walking apart from him or am I going to stay true to him? well if I, if I really believe and I'm loyal to Jesus, then I'm going to do those things right. It's going to show itself in those things, but it's not me it's not my ability of doing those things that ever got me that status in the first place.
0: Exactly it has, right? it's not about us um, yeah. working hard. It's about who we're grounded. And yes. established in that should be part of this verse.
1: <laughs> well, he says stable and steadfast. I mean, it's and not shifting from the hope that's there. I mean, I think it's, it's all. It is all in there um, in that sense. And and I think that 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 word st- steadfast is used um, in Ephesians three, and it's translated grounded. Mm-hmm. That same so that word that's translated here steadfast. In Ephesians three is is translated grounded. So right. I it t- it,
0: the two, the two words when I looked them mm-hmm. up actually um, show it a little bit differently. They're obviously work together well, yeah. but the one that was grounded um, related more to being rooted, okay. Deep, deep in it. Okay. Hey, our planted podcast. There We're we are. Rooted yeah. and established
1: yeah. in the faith, the Word of God. Right. I like it <laughs> by, the river, by the rivers of life. Right. Yeah. And,
0: and then the steadfast part of it is being immovable in that faith, yeah. right? And yeah. that's what we are. So, okay. um, and we're all, we're going to see a lot of emphasis and, 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 not, not necessarily repeats, but emphasis of the words and synonyms that are used oh, yeah. to describe the same thing. It's poetic right. in nature at that point. It mm-hmm. is.
1: And, and I think that's the, and again, it goes back to the, the Paul's prayer and saying that what he's saying for them and praying for them, right. That, that is that, uh, they, they, Maintain this; they keep it. He knows it's been preached; they know they've heard it. But it's this ongoing thing, not because we're keeping our salvation in, in that sense, but, w- but we're living it out. But we we never give up the hope for which we originally had in the first place, right? It's an ongoing thing, uh, and so so we, yeah. so therefore you continue in the faith, uh, and so it, it. We shouldn't let this. Uh, I think what's underlying this whole conversation, which I know. You talk about the perseverance of faith. Is this can you lose your salvation? Mm -hmm. You know, and the question I said, well, from whose perspective is what I usually like to say? From God's perspective, no. God God keeps us secure and whole when we, we our trust is in Him. From a human perspective. I've seen a lot of people give up the faith.
0: Right. And I think another way to put that is if it is left up to me to keep it, then yes. Yeah. You know, but it's not. It's not. It's based on the hope of our salvation, which is Christ. And the promise in Philippians 1 6, for example, is he who began a good work in us right. will complete it to the right. day of Jesus Christ. It, it, the promise is if he began that good work in you, which is that regeneration of the heart, we call it being born right. again in, in John 3:16 and such. Um if he's begun it, it says that he will complete it. It's up to yeah. him. And we exactly. just all we gotta do is be grounded, right, established, right, and You know, immovable in Him, and that's what you said to me earlier to 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 give me confidence in my salvation and in my faith. Right? It's not up to me.
1: Yeah, it is. And and, and I don't know if this is a good analogy or not, but I sometimes I I think about you know is if you have an easy entrance, you also have an easy exit, right? If the gate swings both ways, you know, in some senses, then then you know it's easy to it's easy to get in, and and it's easy to leave. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, yeah right. but but the whole point of the security of our of our salvation is that that it's, it's we recognize that yes, I'm responding to a God who's opening the gate, you know, and then when he, when, I, when he ushers me in and closes it, you know it, it it's it's on him. And 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 I and I and that will be fully recognized and realized in my consciousness and in my in my following and all those things. Right. Well, maybe someday we right. can
0: work on a on a uh, a podcast that would um, help people have that assurance of salvation and the promises <laughs> of God that are that are established. Um, just for example, like when Jesus says that you're in my hands. Yeah. And, you know, of all the right. Father gives to me, I lose none. Things right. like that. Just yeah. just. Scripture after Scripture that right. shows that it's all about Jesus, it's all about the right. Father, and yeah. all about the accomplishment at the cross for whom He died,
1: right? And and the, the, which we're constantly hoping in, right? And we're and that's where our faith is. Our faith is not in, in our merit. Our faith is totally in the finished work of Jesus, right? Mm, okay. So, um, so it's interesting here to get to the next clause here. He says, "Which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which and uh, it's just interesting there that he. He uses the word creation there, uh, where earlier, like back in the in the fifteen to twenty, he talks about um, you know uh, the, um, the the creation as well. Uh, that there's a that he's the firstborn over all that, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then later he talks about you know heaven and, and earth and all those kind of things. But uh, okay. Paul uh, so you're saying at this point that in Colossians that uh, everyone's heard the gospel, all creation you know has, has, has done this what's he you know that that seems a pretty bold claim you know for him to say that which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven which I Paul became a minister. Think what do you think is going on there? You have any questions about that, or
0: sure, I have lots of questions because it's confusing. (laughs) But the the first thing, uh, that comes to my mind is the idea of general revelation that we spoke of Mm -hmm. in in the Psalm Word of God series, right? Where, um, that the creation itself proclaims that there is a God, okay? Right? Well, that itself in itself. Is good news, you know, it could be almost talked about as as, as gospel. But here, um, since we're talking about the gospel and the hope of resurrection in, in Jesus Christ, um, how does that get manifest to to all creation? Because mm-hmm. we we know that there's there's some throughout time that haven't heard um, that Jesus died and was right. raised from the dead. So that might be where you're going with that. So I'd like to hear your answer.
1: Well, I, it's curious to me. I just some thoughts that I have. I mean. Another translation, potentially, there's like a note here in the ESV that says, it says, or it could be to every creature, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so in in the sense, and then it's qualified by under heaven. Uh, and so it, just, it it makes me think a little bit in terms of, is, is it talking about every individual person? Or is it talking about, is is it relating back even even to the First Corinthians fifteen where he talks about all things created through Him and for Him? That is it that all beings who are who are created after God, who you know whether spiritual or or earthly um, in us, that are 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 hearing about the gospel, are are being told, or making, are being are realizing that the gospel is proclaimed. Um, I don't know. It, it's just a curious thing to me. I don't know that I have the complete answer, but I also think of of the passage in in, in Peter where it says like he goes and preaches to the spirits in prison, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, he's proclaiming. I mean, because the gospel is proclaiming the victory of Jesus as the preeminent one, right? Right. And so, is 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 there an allusion to that? Is it is he prophesying? that, you know, that the, the, the gospel is going to go into all the earth? Because uh, there's in one sense, if you think about the Acts passage where it says it will be preached in, Judea, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, well, Colossae could be considered the ends of the earth if you're living in Jerusalem, right? right So there's in that sense where he's saying that, you know, you know it is going out to the nations, to to the Gentiles. Exactly. You know, so yeah. I think there's that element of it that that is definitely happening here. Um, but I also wonder if it, if, if this is, because he says, To every creature or all creation under heaven, is he even talking about the realization of the spiritual realm? It
0: it very most likely is because we're only a few verses away from what you pointed to earlier, that he is the creator of all things in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible. And then the throne's dominions is speaking of that heavenly realm. So um, uh, creatures uh, with a conscious mind of who God is, so that would include the angelic realm and human beings uh, who are made in the image of God would understand and, right. and recognize uh, who their creator is. First of all, yeah. in the general revelation, but this message goes out to all creation. Couldn't be just be in general speaking. Um, sometimes the, when the Bible uses the word all, right, the definition has to be narrowed to the passage itself, right? right? So
1: Yeah, and I think in, the, in that sense, all can be like every part of, right. you know, in that sense. Right. Uh, so... So yeah, I, I think that's what's going on here, um, and and I think we we what we do see is Paul's great confidence in the heralds of the guy in, in the heralding of the gospel, the the proclaiming of it. That the and the power is in uh, is obviously in the reality of of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. But he's recognizing the gospel is a message, the gospel is news, and it has to be told, it has to be proclaimed, mm. and that and so. So and he's saying that's it. It's been done. That this message is out there. And so and he's and this is what of which I, Paul, have become a minister. And it makes me think back too when he's talking to the Colossians. He says um, he brings up a He says who who was the herald? Who was the proclaimer to Colossae? Well, Epaphras mm-hmm. was, and mm-hmm. they believed. He, and who's Epaphras? He's the faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, right? And so and he says, and he, Paul's putting himself in. Now I've become a, a minister or a servant. The word there is diaconos. I think. It's the, it's de, we get the word deacon, right? Paul is a deacon of, he's a servant. Mm-hmm. He's a servant of this message. Now, obviously, he's a servant of the one behind the message, right? But he's a servant of the gospel. He's a servant of the message. What does that mean to mm-hmm. be a servant of the message? I think it means that that's that's his life. he's de- his life is devoted to
0: right. This, it's it's right? being a disciple. Yes, right. The disciple to be a follower, a believing right. follower, and and then as Jesus. Gives his uh, message, and is it in Matthew 28, where he's go and make disciples right. of all nations. So the message goes forth. So, right. so he's he's just uh, stating here that he is being a faithful disciple as the minister because he's proclaiming that good news to the nations.
1: Exactly. And so he brings, as he's praying for the Colossians, he's in, in rejoicing that they've heard it and understood, verse 6, they understood the grace of truth just as you learned it from Epaphras. So here again, he's, he's saying you know, uh, you're homely and blameless over every approach, if indeed you continue in the faith, not shifting from the hope of the gospel you heard of, which has been proclaimed. So there's proclamation, and he's saying, this is what I do, so this is what I do, this is what Epaphras does. I, I kind of get in the feeling that he's saying, you know, if you're going to be faithful servants of this, uh, 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 you believe in this, then maybe he's encouraging the Colossians to follow his example and Epaphras' example. You know, maybe they're not going to be apostles in the sense that, that Paul is, but, you know, Epaphras wasn't, yeah, right, you know, right, but yet right. he goes and preaches the gospel and he plants the church. And 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 so maybe we're, if we're holy ones and blameless and above reproach, and if we continue in the faith and if we're stable and steadfast, if we're not shifting from the hope of the gospel that we heard that was proclaimed to us, maybe I should proclaim it to others too. <laughs> right, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Exactly. Yeah. What yeah. The, the Bible says. Don't. Uh, you know. What do you do when you have that light? You don't put it underneath a bushel basket. Exactly. Right? You, don't, you don't cover right. it up. You. Right. You extol that yeah. light in in how you live and in particularly what you say.
1: Yes, because it is a message. It's a it message. Is a, it, it's something that is proclaimed. Right. You know. And so yes, live the gospel. Show it to people. Right. Right. But be prepared to tell them why you're living it. Wow.
0: And here's the reason why. Yeah. In summary right yeah. we covered three verses and it began with our fallen state we were once aliens yeah. right and we've been reconciled to god through christ's death on the cross which is his body of death right and then here we are in the faith and we preach it to every creature this yeah. is this is the entire gospel in three verses and but the message is so much deeper than that which yeah. um you know you just covered right. so so great so where do we head next time
1: yeah so we're going to we're going to uh, Kind of finish. I think we'll finish up chapter one, and maybe even get into part of chapter two. Okay. As as Paul will be defending his ministry and and talking about, you know, more about why he's doing this uh, and w- why it's so important for him to proclaim Christ uh, to others. So yeah. So we'll, maybe we might shoot high to try to get through verse five of chapter two. We're gonna have to pick it up a little bit, or we're gonna be in Colossians, you know, forever. So. <laughs> exactly, and I'm, I'm yeah.
0: already seeing. I have to be challenged by verse 24, where it says that, um, where Paul says, "I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake." Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm looking forward to suffering for anybody's yeah sake. But
1: what's, what's interesting, if I'm remembering correctly, when I was in seminary, my first one of my first sermons that I did for my homiletics class, where you you're in a class of like you know 15 people, and then there's a, a local pastor who's coming in and helping, you know. Evaluate and everything. I think if I'm remembering, this was either my first or second sermon that I that I <laughs> preached in the seminary as a prac. You know, it, it was was from these verses. Mm. Is very interesting what it means to lo- lacking. What, how are Christ's affliction, afflictions lacking? Wow. You know, so it's yeah, it is interesting. So we'll go there next week and hopefully uh, hopefully we'll take a little bit bigger chunk, but we'll see how it goes.
0: Sounds good to me. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Yeah join us next time as we explore the sufferings of this life and how we can rejoice by knowing the mystery of god's riches planet is a cornerstone epc production connecting to god one another and the world through the love of jesus More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.